This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with the Sipping Point here in Charleston at the Wine and Food Festival. I like that they put wine first. And I'm standing here with Greg La Follette uh, from La Follette Winery. Uh, I think we know what it's named after. But <laughs> you are in Sonoma, which I just had the pleasure of touring at the end of September. So I'm very uh, excited about wines from Sonoma. So uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Laurie. It's a pleasure to be here. So Pinot Noir, people love it. It's not easy to make, though. But there certainly are conditions in Sonoma that make, I think, uh, the place so perfect for this grape. Tell me a little bit about why you were so inspired to make Pinot Noir in Sonoma. I mean, did you grow up uh, in a winemaking family? How did this all come about? Well, uh, no, I, my dad loved wine, and he had a good cellar, uh, and we used to visit the wine country. We lived down in L.A., but uh, at the age of 17, I decided I really wanted to be a winemaker after visiting the wine country, but, uh, you know, nobody in L.A. becomes a winemaker. Like, like who goes to rabbinical clown school anymore? <laughs> so, uh, so instead, I became a professional bagpiper. Uh, I was a ship's piper on the Queen Mary, and, uh, really? yeah, of course, that didn't last too long long, so after a short stint in the seminary of the Catholic Church, six kids later, that didn't uh, play out either. Uh, I did the next easiest thing and became a physical chemist and did HIV research in San Francisco. But everybody I worked on died, and uh, so I got pretty burned out and decided life's too short. Threw away a perfectly good analytical chemistry uh, career. Uh, first joined the staff at Davis, and then did my postgraduate work on how burgundy winemaking techniques affect mouthfeel. Greg, I'm speechless uh, what, with what you just shared. I mean, what an amazing background. And you just got so bitten by the wine bug to leave all that and come make people happy. You know, I uh, was speaking to the winemaker from Vouve Clicquot earlier today, and he, uh, used, his parents wanted him to be a doctor. But he said, then I just have to be around sick people all the time. But if I'm a winemaker, I make people happy. So you, you have a, a similar thought process. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I, I studied Pinot Noir and Chardonnay doing my research. And I knew I wanted to do winemaking. But I knew there was no way in heck I was going to do Pinot because I knew where the bodies were buried. I knew how hard it was and how finicky it was. And I thought, you know what? I am not crazy. I may want to be a winemaker, but I'm not crazy enough to make Pinot. But everywhere I went, around the world, uh, every every person wanted to ask me about Pinot and make Pinot, and so I, fi- I got dragged almost kicking and screaming into the Pinot world until finally I, I, I kind of surrendered to Pinot. I said, <laughs> I said, take me, I'm yours. And ever since then, it's been a lot easier. I don't spend as much money on therapy, and, you know, it's, it's, I love making Pinot now and Chardonnay, the twin jewels of Burgundy, and there's no looking back now. I love it. So tell me how you would describe the difference between a Burgundy, a red French Pinot Noir, and your version uh, of Pinot Noir made in the Sonoma Coast. Well, the Sonoma Coast has uh, kind of a a bearing all its own. Uh, The old world of Pinots have more earth and acid, and they're a little bit more focused. They don't have quite as much heft. The new world soils really give us a lot of texture and and mouthfeel. That really only uh, the Premier Crew and Grand Crew tend to achieve. 
and we also have more downright fruitiness. That being said, my wines don't focus on fruit so much as they do on earth and uh, forest floor, mushroom, uh, the what the French would say, sauvage et animal, that's uh, savage and animal. My wife calls it uh, sex in a bottle. <laughs> And uh, and by the way, if it's what my wife loves, it's what I'm going to make. Oh, I like that. Yes. Happy wife, happy life. Very good <laughs> theory. Now, um, I'll post the picture of us here online, but you are wearing a very distinctive wine-themed jacket and tie combo. When, when did this come about, the fashion integration of your wine business? Well, uh, everything I'm wearing from my matching boots to and belt uh, down to uh, my Nicole Miller matching tie and jacket uh, were owned by my dad. And uh, so the outfit that I'm wearing, the boots are probably close to 50 years old. Uh, my belt buckle from my grandpa is probably close to 100 years old. And uh, my jacket and tie are about 34 years old. So vintage means quite a few things for you. <laughs> I like it. All right. So you're the Pinot Noir, and we are drinking, I mean tasting, while we're doing this interview, of course. Oh, so <laughs> I call it tasting. It sounds a little classier, but, you know, it means the same thing, right? Yep. So we're tasting your Pinot Noir, but this is from um, one of your single vineyards. Tell me a little bit about what is the vineyard and what's so special about this vineyard. Well, this is from the San Giacomo Vineyard, but the San Giacomos uh, grow about 1,100 acres in a place called Carneros. This is not from Carneros. It's from a much cooler area uh, to the west of Sonoma Mountain called the Petaluma Gap. It's one of the coolest sites in Sonoma County. It's the only place where, all along Marin, Sonoma, and Mendocino counties, the mountains drop down and allow all that cold air from the North Pacific to come uh, swooping in, and they whap right upside Sonoma Mountain, and this sits right at the base. So uh, this is one of the coolest sites, and it's really easy to pick. You basically pick just before the grapes rot all to heck. It's that late of picking. And and the San Giacomo family are wonderful people. Uh, this is my 31st year of working with San Giacomo fruit, so uh, it's an honor to work with this wonderful uh, group of people. Yeah, the uh, the fruit, the intensity of the fruit, and just the elegance of it is it's beautiful. Um, our show is based out of the Baltimore, D.C. area. Are your wines readily available uh, in, in our market? And then I'm assuming you have a wine club? We do have a wine club, and that's probably the best way to get a hold of our wines. That being said, our distributor in the D.C. Baltimore area is Elite, and they're one of the best distributors uh, on the planet as far as I'm concerned. Uh, their head, Laurent, is from France. He knows wine inside and out, and I'm very, very lucky that he's chosen my wines, the La Follette wines, uh, to be a part of his portfolio. So, uh, you know, we're all about demystifying wine and just taking all the pomp and circumstance and intimidation out of the wine world for, for the, our listeners. What's one thing in the wine industry that drives you nuts that you wish you could change? Oh, that'd be winemakers saying, oh, we have very low yield. It's not low yield that makes uh, good grapes. It's balanced vines. And it's gotten to the point where a lot of winemakers are believing their own PR. And they keep bringing the yield lower and lower. But what that means is the vine's not balanced. And so it grows later and later. And you have to have higher sugars in order to get ripe tannins. And that's just all wrong. It's a balanced vine where the crop level, the aerial portion, that's the leaves, and the subterranean portion, the roots, 
When those are all in balance, that's what makes good wine. And if there's anything I see when I come into a new vineyard, it's that usually I try to find ways to get a little bit more crop onto the vines, spread out the fruit load so that it's a balanced vine, not a low-yielding vine. Okay. Great. That's really good. All right. Well, um, Greg LaFollette, you are entertaining and so wise about wine, and this is a delicious wine. How uh, how much are you going to invest in this bottle of Pinot if I want to buy your single vineyard Pinot Noir from San Giacomo? Am I saying that right? Yep, San Giacomo. Uh, this would be run about $40 to $44. Okay. And it's, uh, there are places uh, where you can buy it a little less expensive. I've seen it as low as maybe 38 or 40 but it is kind of hard to find, and our wine club generally gets the best deal on it. All right. So check out the website, uh, La Follette Wines. Wines. Wines.com. Oh, what? Yeah. LaFollettWines.com. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. Um, Greg, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Julie. It's a pleasure. And keep up the good work about telling folks about wine. Yeah. Cheers. This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and I hope you've enjoyed our on location at the Avalon Theater and with Greg La Follette of La Follette Wines. But if you're starting to think Easter, and you should, I suggest you check out my friends at the Oregon Grill. You can make your reservations for a small group or even have a large group in one of their awesome private party rooms. Give them a call, 410-771-0505, or visit theoregongrill.com and mark your calendars because on the 10th of April, I'm doing my wine comedy show there. We're going to have dinner, great wines, and lots of laughs. Check it out at thewinecoach.com slash women. But guess what? Guys are allowed too. So I hope to see you there. Uh, we're going to have a great night. Again, I want to thank all our sponsors, Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis, Wine World, The Oregon Grill, and the folks at Hair of the Dog Wine and Spirits. Tune in next week. We'll be back to explore the recipe for a delicious life.